you are listening to the empowering indian expats podcast if you are an indian living abroad feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories this is your host ehsan ali a long time it professional living in sydney australia who has made it his mission to find and unpack the stories, strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring Indian expats to help you and I reach our full potential. In this episode, I'm bringing an, an interesting story from Amsterdam, Netherlands. Our guest Mansi Khanna is the founder of a community-run platform called Tasty Talks that connects foodies from all around the world with hosts who like to share their authentic meals to people beyond their family simply think airbnb of food i have lots of questions in my mind as to what inspired mansi to start this business challenges she faced turning points excitement learnings i also want to understand the business model and its potential so let's hear mansi's story directly from her Welcome to the show, Mansi. Thank you so much, Asan. Before we get into your entrepreneurial journey, uh, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your background? I started my career as an auditor with Deloitte. I used to work in Gurgaon, and after working there for three years, I switched to um, a totally different sector. I've always wanted to do different things, and that's why I chose not to go the M- MBA way. and i did a masters in liberal arts and leadership at ashoka university it was a relatively new course at that time in india that really opened up my horizons and i thought that i could really do a lot of interesting things and it also gave me the confidence to approach something new with the right kind of questions that need to be asked before you start something new so at that time i was really impressed by one of my professors and uh, i moved to a village to work with his organization in madhya pradesh in a tribal village it's known as neem khera i worked there for one year and uh, because of my love for the indian handicrafts and uh, textile sector i decided to be in this uh, field for 2 3 years after after i moved back from uh, the village to delhi with my husband and during that time i also got married so i decided to move a little earlier i joined another social enterprise called rang sutra to help them scale set up their retail segment so rang sutra was the first producer company of fab india so i was helping them set up their retail because that was new for them so then in 2018 actually uh, my husband got a job with booking.com over here in amsterdam I had to leave everything that I was doing over there and then move to Amsterdam but I came with a very open mind and also with the thought that I wanted to do something different I actually never searched for a job after coming to Amsterdam so that's why just few months down the line after moving to Amsterdam I started experimenting with the tasty talks and this we'll one into, we'll get into your business conversation the before yeah, that sure. first question i ask all my guests manasi is what are you most excited about in your life at the moment oh i am excited about everything that's happening uh, with tasty talks right now because it's at that stage when uh, you have to handle it really carefully it's not that small 
that you can't that you can just think of it as a side hustle and not give it time but it's not that big either that uh, i have to hire a lot of people so this is a time when when a lot of ideas come in i feel that i could do this i could do that i could do this i could do that but still i have to prioritize what is most important for for business right now and not just business stay true to what tasty talks has stood for so far hosts so right now i'm collecting information from hosts about their backgrounds it involves a lot of reading up about food cultures from all across the world so that's one thing and lots of new online cooking classes coming up what exactly tasty talk is what gap it fills in the market who are your clients who are your partners what's the business model what's the revenue model let's talk about tasty talk as it is today and then we will go back from how the inspiration came and how your journey started okay okay so as of today tasty talks is a community run platform which connects foodies from all across the world over a common interest or common love called food and the idea is that people can go to other people's homes to have authentic cultural meals with them for example if i am an indian and i create an event about an indian home cooked meal people can see that event on the platform and they can sign up and come to my place similarly for turkish lebanese caribbean basically all kinds of culture cultural foods and it's the right kind of platform for a place like netherlands because this country is a melting pot of cultures and there are people from all across the world over here and therefore it it kind of creates a great opportunity for people to know about food from other countries and another thing is that the restaurant scene over here has not been able to fully explore international cuisine there is a lot of indonesian food uh, there is a lot of indian food dutch food of course but i would say that like you, you know like london is known for food and that london is highly multicultural as well but amsterdam is also ex- extremely multicultural but the restaurant scene is not that evolved and that's what i think we are doing over here because even if you look at the neighborhood in amsterdam you will see a turkish you will see a moroccan you will see an indian you will see an italian uh, you will see a pakistani all of them in one neighborhood so imagine the kind of exchange that can happen yeah. uh, that too in the in an intimate environment in someone's living room where you get to see hands on how an indian lives and cooks in her home or how a lebanese guy lives and cooks in his home so that's the kind of uh, gap i would say that we're trying to fill another gap i think that we're trying to fill is that because this place is full of expats people are away from their families and when you're away from family sometimes you do end up feeling lonely and uh, people have come back to us telling us that uh, they felt closer to home after coming to our events because this is it kind of this happens at home when you are in the kitchen you're having conversations you're making food together and then you're eating and having a nice having great laughter playing games and all so that's what happens in a typical tasty talks event when we are doing physical events so yeah i think we're also tackling loneliness through our project yeah that makes a lot of sense especially what covid-19 has done for us so yeah can you started your business about a year before covid-19 isn't it Yes, yeah. Officially in 2019 March. Right. So business model is uh, so you basically organize food events and you have yeah. yourself could be host or you 
bring in other hosts and how does it really work in if somebody look at your business as a business can i do it how how does it uh, really work you look at it as something like uh, airbnb for food you want to start hosting and then you get in touch with the team right now that's me mainly and you tell me that hey i i from i'm from south italy and i want to uh, bring food from my mother's kitchen uh, to the guests over here so then we do a short test run with a few people one or two people and then we finally decide if the person suited to be a host or not it's not a very tough process usually people who sign up for it know that they can do it as far so far this is happening uh, then we decide on some menus that could work it could be a cooking workshop it could be just a dinner or a or a brunch and then we make an event on facebook and then we have a ticket price people buy the ticket 85% of the proceed goes to the host and 15% comes to tasty talks that's the model got yeah. it it's pretty clear so did you have to really invest anything when you started no as you can imagine you just need your home kitchen there's no investment really and i think i'm an investment in terms of raw materials which is uh, not too much for a basic home cooked meal but uh, you do in have to invest your time uh, people who sign up to become hosts they have to be willing to think beyond money i would say right so um, let's look at again look at it from business perspective so how many how many events have you hosted we've so we've done more than 100 physical events and exactly 100 online events i would say so far online events we started so yeah it would be one year of physical events and one year of online events and did you i remember you also said you have a certain merchandising as well happening yeah that's a very small part of uh, tasty talks right now we are uh, yet to launch it but it's coming up it's actually going to be sustainable sustainable kitchen fabrics and aprons and sea coasters and people are really interested in the they've seen masala danis actually indian spice box in our home so they want those so things like that then there is this tahina in in morocco it's kind of a elongated dish with an elongated lid that people like a lot so stuff that's specific to each country and that people would like to keep in their kitchens and probably use that, that sounds yeah. really interesting and what's the reach like is it just in amsterdam or other cities in netherlands or outside netherlands um, it's max mostly it's in amsterdam but we've done events in two more cities in utrecht and in rotterdam in netherlands and because of our online classes actually the reach has expanded to the whole of netherlands and also to india because i am indian and i have friends back in india and a huge circle back in india so they know what's happening at tasty talks and sometimes they do join in but i would say that in a way covid has helped me uh, expand tasty talks pan netherlands it's now people know that there is something known as tasty talks that's doing online for, uh, classes every day so if it was not for covid uh, you would probably be expanding in your uh, face to face model workshop model itself yes yes that was the plan but i think it's good to look at the silver lining always so i would i that's why i say covid has helped me in that way okay. that it's at least helped me reach uh, a wider audience in other cities fantastic so business model is uh, in a way you are the host of the event as you said it's you can think of it as a uh, airbnb of food 
And yeah, I am kind of a facilitator. Tasty Talks is facilitating the whole of this. It's the platform. The underlying theme is uh, bringing in people from different cultures. Uh, so it's not just food. It's conversation is it's getting... food and people. Yeah. Yes. yes. Someone I was talking to a friend actually, and then he said it. I really like that line. He said that you're not just serving food. You're also serving relationships. And that's really true because uh, it's happened uh, with us that different people came in at different part events in different hosts places and then they connected because they had been to a tasty talks event and they had other interests that they had similar so they met outside of tasty talks as well and they became friends it's also helping people make friends and you, you, you did get recognized in amsterdam radio as well if i yeah yeah that was quite surprising but it was really good uh, yeah, in Amsterdam radio last year, also this year, because we did a very interesting Women's Day campaign as well. Also by expat.com, my, my story was published there. But what most people don't know and what's most, most special to me is that Tasty Talks actually became a subject of study for a student's, for an MA student's uh, master's thesis. He was, he was researching about the sharing economy in Amsterdam. And a major chunk of his research was about how Tasty Talks is contributing to the sharing economy in Amsterdam. That's, that's wonderful. That man. was really good. That's yeah. really beautiful, Mansi. So what we will do is we'll go back in the journey, how it all started. We'll bring it back yeah. today and then we'll talk about future of your business. Sure. So, yeah, so uh, it started, all started. It started, like I said, I moved here in February 2018. And usually the weather here is really cold at that time. Windy, cold, you can't step out, you have to be at home. But thankfully, I had a great view from my apartment. So I used to spend the most of my time in front of my window painting. So that's how I spent the first few months. And the idea just came to my mind once while having pakoras with my husband uh, in the evening and told him, hey, I, we, we don't find fresh pakoras like we used to in India. There, we, we could just go to any street vendor and get what you wanted. So here, that was not the case. You have to go and sit in a restaurant and then you have to order. That's not how we Indians eat pakoras. So I told him, I wish there was something like this over here. So he told me, hey, why don't you try uh, setting up a stall at a farmer's market. But I knew that was not my thing because I had no experience in handling big, big vessels and big kitchens. So then no, I said, okay, I think it would be nicer if people came over to my place and had this with me. And then just randomly, I created a Facebook event without really worrying about who, whether anyone's going to see it or sign up for it. And also I know new one at that, knew no one at that time, just one or two people. And I told them and they spread the word. And then I had people coming in for the very first event. And when that first event happened, I wanted to do it again to see whether it was it just a one-time wonder or uh, is it something that could work? So I started doing it. The people, uh, Manzi, who came the first time, were they they're your friends or you did not? Know no. Uh, I I know I actually knew the it, it was a couple who came. I knew the girl and I had met her through one of the expat networks. 
but i didn't know her that well it was just few months into the city and i just had one conversation with her maybe so that's how i that's how much i knew her i told her about this and uh, she was interested and she came with her husband with her partner and uh, and then i created another event this time oh by the way our first event was uh, a plate of pakoras and chai <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> it might sound crazy to indians because it's this idea is still alien over uh, in india because if it is it safe to invite strangers but i never felt that over here so i have to give credit to my location also for this but then as and when i started doing more and more events there was interest every time and then i thought it's a good idea to think seriously about it and then i started looking for hosts now that was a difficult part because like i said i had no network i knew no one who could trust my idea because it was too new and too fresh and a very new concept over here as well um, but i luckily found a bhutanese lady who used to make momos and she also was starting out and starting of january 2019 we just headed off we started with momos workshops and there was something about dumplings that people really liked dumplings workshops used to be fully booked all the time so then i and then when they then it started catching momentum and then i started getting requests from a lot of other people also and uh, in fact in just february 2019 we had our event in the in another city because some other person who was a professional chef had uh, heard about tasty talks from someone and then he had gotten in touch with me so that was really nice for me because i had never thought that sitting in amsterdam i could and that to not knowing someone i could just do an event in utrecht as well with another host and that to a professional chef but so i would say that it just started by chance but i um, ha- held its hand with a lot of care and have been able to bring tasty talks still here till march 2021 with a lot of love and people are really loyal to tasty talks now so at what point you thought okay this could be a business now i think when i had done about 15 to 20 events at my place i see i was yeah it was in december 2018 i would say and january 2019 i was ready to go with events and january 2019 actually was a very busy month for me because of tasty talks and then that's when i decided to register my business i see over here and uh, so you ran it offline until i guess february march 2020 before you moved online exactly by march 2020 in fact just before the lockdown we had this grand celebration of 100 of completing 100 events and that coincided with women's day so we had a group of six ladies from six different countries cooking a six course meal for about about 55 50 people in a kitchen studio in amsterdam at that time i thought that okay this is something that's becoming really popular and uh, in fact we had to stop our bookings also for that event and then i thought that okay maybe 2020 is going to be really good and it's time for uh, a scale up and then covid happened and then i thought oh no maybe i'll have to close my business but then yeah i managed to pivot to online classes and the response was really good 
So when you moved, before you moved online, did you think like whether it will work or not work? Should I stop? No, I just think, I think one thing about me is that if I was one of those overthinkers and if I would have wanted everything to be perfect, I would have never started Tasty Talks. Because if you look at, if anyone looks at my collaterals for Tasty Talks, even on Facebook or or Instagram or every anywhere, uh, they look so unprofessional and so dirty. Some of the posters are really bad, but I just did it. And even at that time, I wasn't bothered about the peripherals. And so was the case last year as well. I just wanted to experiment with this idea. And uh, as it goes, I think last year, since last year, people have been signing up to online events for every sort of a thing. And so they, they do for uh, online classes as well. So it was, and I think, yes. yeah. It was still growing no. organically or you were doing some sort of marketing as well? No, it's all been organic and uh, through word of mouth. Uh, but I must say that uh, in Netherlands, the use of Facebook is much higher than other social media, especially for events. So I actually did not feel the need for creating a website these two years. Because in fact, till October 2020, the Facebook, before Facebook changed their algorithm and their interface, my, my page used to grow organically and I used to just get people like magic and our events used to get filled out. But now with the changing algorithms, and I think it's better now that our offerings have increased and the community also has expanded. Now we are working on the website as well. But it was only through Facebook and through Facebook events and posting on various expat groups. There was no need of a paid marketing. So a lot of people who want to start business, they get, get stuck on those things. Uh, how do I write my value proposition? What kind of marketing do I do? Beautiful website and visiting card. I am guilty of that. I have never written my value proposition. I think I've well, created one. <laughs> what you did really well is you did, did it as a proof of concept and you got yeah. a few dollars for that, a few euros for that. And that is the starting point. Without having a peer yeah. and working on all those peripheral things does not really make sense. So I believe you did yeah. and it has really worked uh, well for you. But if you had to go back, uh, Manasi, three years into the business, uh, you have done it well. You had moments of, you know, wall in front of you. How is it going to move forward? And there were moments of excitement. If you have to restart, would you do anything differently? That's a good question. I've never thought of it, actually. Maybe one of the things would be to have, yeah, to have a social media strategy, definitely. To have good social media strategy. That's something that I, I'm still struggling with because I'm working alone. Another thing would be delegation. Here you can get interns, college students who who, who can be interns and, and they do a really good job because they work on your business as a project. And you get extra help. So that's something I haven't been able to do. And I should have done it two years back. But I'm going to do it now. Fantastic. Uh, I think, yeah, mainly it would be doing a lot of things myself is one mistake I have made. I think you covered it really well. And uh, not only in Amsterdam, everywhere in the world, there's an opportunity to utilize interns. They're pretty sharp, young generation. Yeah. It becomes their project. It's a very uh, good win. Right. Yeah, and I think they have great energy and really good ideas. I have some so friends who started bringing in interns just like that. 
and they handpicked interns who were really doing well. They proved themselves and they are actually heading departments in their businesses today. See, so I've clearly gone wrong over here and I want to do that. Yeah, no, but you're talking <laughs> about it, so that's fantastic. So now it's been uh, three years, uh, it's mostly online. Uh, did you ever try to look at um, business of similar type uh, for you to look yeah. for how far you could take it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a few businesses that uh, are quite similar to Tasty Talks. In fact, when I just started, there was another one over here with an app and a website and everything. And that really intimidated me. And then I just decided to ignore it and just do what I wanted to. <laughs> but there is, uh, I don't know if you've heard about Each Wave uh, is another similar platform. Yeah, but it's more run by a, a Chinese lady, if I'm not wrong. It was run by uh, people from, someone from Israel, and then it was taken over by, by someone in San Francisco, and now it's a San Francisco startup. I, see. I think the last name is Rumani, if I remember right. I've seen it somewhere. Uh, so. Yeah, yes, I think so. You're right. Yes. <laughs> no, no, but I was saying that is for travelers mainly. And uh, there are a few more in India. And I do think that this idea has a huge potential to scale up. But I would actually also want to scale it up a little differently than what uh, they have been doing. We re- my, my, one of my motives is to really dig deeper into cultural food, into, into food cultures. And I hope we're able to achieve that while we scale up. So what's your ambition for next year or so in the business? Oh, my thing, my next, the first thing to make sure that the website runs really well, because that's my immediate uh, thing that's going to happen in business. And second thing is to, well, I do have plans for Tasty Talks India and to do an I plan to do that online this year through curated classes with celebrity chefs and food, not just food influencers, basically relatable people on social media who who people want to interact with. So cooking is going to be one of the elements in that segment and to expand in in Netherlands. Um, uh, How is your surrounding reacting to you? You come from Deloitte uh, uh, kind of uh, corporate career. And then uh, tasty talk, food, uh, culture, business. Yeah. How does your surrounding react? I see on the face, I must say that everyone is uh, really good. Nobody comes to your face and say, hey, what are you, what the hell are you doing? Nobody says that. But when I started Tasty Talks, I did, in fact, I think you will relate as Indians, we always feel that there is a certain kind of job that's meant for well-educated people. And then there's a certain kind of job that's to be done by people you can hire or like cooks or labor. So when I started Tasty Talks, of course, from family and from friends, there was this thing. Are you serious? After being through Deloitte and through social sector and the Indian handicraft sector, you're going to do this. But I actually saw no problem with it. I I thought that at least for me, it was filling a gap. And so it was for a lot of other people. And uh, I didn't want to leave it at that time. So I kind of had to ignore the ones that weren't talking in favor. But now when when people see me talking to you or similar people on other platforms, I think they do get a sense of the fact that uh, it's okay. It doesn't matter what kind of work you're doing. You just have to do it with all your heart. 
So that's one thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Really realize something is cooking now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's such a pity actually that as time is progressing, people in some sectors of the society feel that cooking is not that important and you should focus on making a career outside. But I feel that to each their own, cooking is a very important life skill. I used to have the same prejudice against cooking few years back until I started doing it and I realized that oh this is something so beautiful uh, which I should have learned years back uh, it's i think our motive in tasty talks is multifold i would say it's also to encourage people to cook more at home and that's why we do a lot of cooking workshops also now definitely see manishi a lot of people uh, who move out of india this is the first uh, idea they come up with oh we should cook something we should deliver breakfast i something. think so i think but, so yeah but most could not convert or they are not able to convert into a business idea i know a lot of friends who start uh, selling idli and sambar yeah. yeah 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 it doesn't last beyond few weeks or few months which is yeah i even i have come because i'm in this so, same field of being working with home cooks i do know a lot of people a lot of indians in my community over here who are selling kachoris and samosas and idlis and what not sometimes even i have done that because some people really like my food and they want that food in their parties but but tasty talks is more than that uh, it's about yeah. it's about bringing all of these people together and sharing the beauty of food with the world so that's what i wanted to uh, comment i wanted to uh, tell you that a lot of people think just because they know cooking they can run a business so you have taken it to the next level and uh, you have been running it for 3 years in spite of the challenges so it's definitely going to be a, a strong business yeah. questions in my i think yeah i i just wanted to add that i think in a way your venture is kind of an extension of yourself and when i think about it sometimes i feel that i've always been that person who's wanted to include everybody so even when we do now we do small kind sometimes occasionally we do these food deliveries and food takeaways and with every food delivery and takeaway there is a story mentioned and i think when people order they don't or they not they, they don't just order the food they order the story as well because they're so enticed by the story that they want to experience the food now after reading the story so is that what yeah. uh, kept you going because the statistically we know a lot of indians start it but they can't sustain beyond few weeks or few months no i won't say see no i won't say that they are not able to sustain it i know a lot of indians who've been able to sustain their food businesses and they're doing really well also but i'm just saying that tasty talks is different from them this is one just one leg of not even one leg it's just a very small part of food that they are trying to cover uh and they're trying to cover a particular meal or a particular dish but we are trying to bring all of these people together through our experiences definitely, yeah you, and, definitely unique and i think what i've been trying to get from you is sustained and you are looking forward to a brighter uh, business future what did you do differently from people who start but can't uh, pursue it yeah i think i know the answer and that would be to not be bogged down by the dull times 
and I have seen a lot of them in my business. I did not know initially that business in Amsterdam is seasonal and summer, three months of summer are really bad for business. So in, in the summer of 2019, I felt what's happening. There's nothing happening in Tasty Talks. And then slowly, and as I spoke to other people, other business owners, I came to know that it's this is pretty natural. So that did not stop me. I spent the summer of 2019 preparing for the fall of 2019 and winter 2019. Fantastic. And uh, that kind of helped me. And I don't get bogged down by times when uh, we have, there are times when we have one or two signups for events. But there are various factors uh, contributing to these. So it's okay. These are all learnings. Sometimes the menu is not right. Sometimes the location is not right. Sometimes the timing is not right. But I think one thing is that you have to keep going. It's a part of part of business. You can't, it can't be good all the time. So the, the ability to sustain, ability to not get bogged down. To endure it, ups it, and downs, I would say. Come from your bringing or does it come partly from the corporate experience you had or anything else you would? I would actually credit this more to my up- upbringing. My father and mother, I've seen them work very hard and diligently and with all their heart in whatever they do. My father actually, I'll tell you the story of my father. He's recovered from a very, from a major paralysis after stroke. And uh, this happened three and a half years ago. And now he's doing pretty well. He's picked up, picked himself up and he's doing his own work now and he's very very focused on it he has the patience so i think yeah patience is something uh, that i've learned from my parents just in general the environment around me even my family now my in-laws everything everyone kind of seeks perfection so that's also helped me to get better in my work fantastic anything that comes from the corporate experience of working with deloitte and in the social yeah, yeah, I think my opinion is that nothing, no experience goes waste. When I started working in the corporate sector, I remember that was my first time really handling a laptop for a long time. So I took a lot of time to learn what others were learning earlier, sooner than me. But then I worked very hard. I worked on the weekends and all to make sure I came at par with everybody and and then I think I was one of the first ones to be in 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 my batch of hires to be uh, awarded for my work over there and then similarly also in college I think my college my graduation college has been really instrumental in shaping me as a person and specifically my my one of my professors Mrs. Sheila Rube she has been my mentor ever since college and she keeps on pushing me to do things in fact I think Tasty Talks merchandise is happening because of her uh, I think one thing that have helped me is to just, just stay connected to my roots because it can I think when things go well one can get distilled, but if you stay connected to your uh, roots, your parents, your family, or your professors like mine, they show you the right paths. So you have uh, those mentors around you, or do you also have surrounding or environment of other entrepreneurs where you could uh, uh, share experiences or you're putting I have I do have some friends who I speak to uh, on a regular basis and some of them are entrepreneurs so that uh, you know as an entrepreneur, one has, it's a very lonely journey. 
especially if you're working alone and it's a very hard journey very very hard journey i know i don't want to sound like this it's been all rosy it's been a very hard journey but just uh, when you have people around you uh, who you can count on and who can show you the right direction who can if i have an idea and if i run it through them and if they don't tell me just good things about it and they sit me down and help me figure the pros and cons of it then i think i'm in a good place that's how i look at it like even my best friends don't say all good things about me Definitely. they will just smash me if i'm coming up with something stupid well, one thing that is running in my mind in early days to develop your network of host as well as guest did you go a lot go out a lot to network in the community in uh, amsterdam or you did yeah. offline uh, you did no, it no, no. online or you had to go in events and network yeah yeah i had to i had to go to every kind of event where i could meet people sometimes i just i mean i have to confess uh, confess that i went there to sell my work but uh, i had to put in that time and i i would cycle down 40 minutes 45 minutes to go to an event and meet people and just tell them about it and just make friends say hi to people and just connect so that you when you connect on facebook you kind of tell each other about your work and similarly when i've done that like and uh, when people would be interested in the events i would personally message them and ask them if they would like to come so yeah i have done a lot of uh, conversions through that as well through personal messaging and i'm not ashamed of it like people say no i don't want to do that but i want to do that because it's my work and since you, you i mean i would assume that since you pressed interested on that event you were interested sometimes people reply sometimes don't it's fine but i i managed to make a lot of conversions through that so how do you handle rejection when somebody says no to you ah oh, okay <laughs> no i think personal rejections are fine if someone doesn't want to go come to an event that's okay i don't handle professional rejections that well and i try really really hard to, to turn them around like i've been wanting to work with a few people over here mostly i've tried to convince to work with me but a few the famous ones like you know these that one influencer that you're a huge fan of and you want to work with i think i'm not i haven't done a great uh, job at pitching myself to her and i'm going to get there you will definitely so yeah <laughs> because what you have uh, in you which is not there in a lot of people is resilience uh, i you explained the whole thing very lightly but uh, you did mention that it's not easy it's quite tough it's lonely looks like your passion for food and passion for culture is driving you to keep going i don't think you created a lot of revenue also also in the beginning you still kept going no. on when covid came in you still kept going on you pivoted in online you started to do online workshop and you kept improving so uh, you are yeah. on right track mansi and i'm sure you will get that influencer also And I hope so. Well, I think one one thing that's uh, driven me and kept me going is uh, the good words and the good feedback that we hear after all the events. When I say that we have Tasty Talks loyalists, I'm not lying. We don't have one-time customers. We have people coming in again and again and again because they love Tasty Talks, and uh, that's what keeps me going. That's fantastic. Couple of quick questions, Mansi, which I yeah, asked. Yeah, sure. So the question that I typically ask all my guests is, "What's the best investment you have done so far in your life?" That's a good question. 
I don't know the answer to that. Does it have to be uh, some sort of a learning investment or? Anything. It could be, oh, I made a choice to get into social enterprise from a consulting company. And if that was, I'm going to just give you an example. So that was the best investment. Oh, okay, 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 okay. One year living in village or you could say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I did a course that was really useful or any activity you did or you played sports and you said, you know what, if I had not played sports, I would not have built oh, okay. and things like that. I think there's no one best investment, so to speak. But uh, like you said, my my year in the village really helped me become resilient. It really did on a personal and professional level because that was not an easy year. Um, I, I I was expecting or hoping that you would say, you know, once you are used to city life and then you decide to go in villages, it's definitely not an easy call. Yes, it was, it was against my parents. They didn't want me to go. My mother was terrified because when I went there, there were, there were snakes outside my room. <laughs> but that was, I mean, physically, of course, it was taxing, but emotionally also it was taxing. That was one. I think it did... Uh, helped me mature a lot as an individual. I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people would not say that, but, and it's not investment, but getting married also helped me evolve as an individual because when you start living with someone else, you start understanding perspectives even better. It's, I won't, I don't know if it's going to be a popular opinion, but for me, it's oh, worked. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, thirdly is to just, uh, I think so far the best investment I would say would be Tasty Talks. It's my venture that I'm little venture that I'm proud of. And I've been dedicated to since the past uh, two, two and a half years. And one thing that I always keep, always do to keep myself happy and light is dancing. So I do a lot of that. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Any particular dance style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, bhang, I'm a Bhangra dancer and I teach Bhangra people Bhangra. over here. You teach us. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So where do you see your tasty talks in the next three to five years, Mansi? Okay, in every household. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we yeah. look forward to it and I see uh, everyone talking about it. Best of luck. Uh, take this social enterprise dining experience global. And I hope we'll you. be back on this uh, show. And so with that, thank you very much. For thank you so much. Thank you. In your story, Mansi. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host Esan Ali. Hope you enjoyed the story and got some inspiration and learnings. I'm finding a common set of character traits in all the entrepreneurs I have been talking to on this podcast. They all love what they do and they have some sort of purpose behind the business. Business is not just a way of making money for them. I really liked when Mansi said business is extension of the self. Persistence is another character trait that I have been observing. Even when things are not the way they want, they do not stop. They keep moving forward. Also, networking is key in the game of business. In fact, it's absolutely vital even if you're building a career these days. Finally, online marketing using social media is key in this era. 
and again it applies even if you are an employee uh, you may not agree if you have heard this for the first time but anyway let me know what were your key takeaways and uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me if you are keen to explore new opportunities i may be able to assist myself or connect you with someone who has already done or gone the path you want to take